Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This week's episode of Book Cheat is brought to you by Audible. Visit audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500 500. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. Hello and welcome to Book Cheat, the book club podcast where I've read the book so you don't have to. My name is Dave Warnicke and on each episode of this show we look at one of the classics. And joining me to look at such a classic this week, it's Beck Petratus and Nick Mason. Hello, hello Dave, great to be here. Howdy, hello. we both waved. Yes. <laughs> I loved that, we were both like, hello, oh no wait, <laughs> gotta speak, whoopsie doops. <laughs> we are recording this uh, over Zoom. You guys are appearing live via satellite into my laptop, and uh, we are yeah, forgetting that we need to speak and just waving at each other. Hello. I also think, Dave, you've chosen probably the two politest guests you you possibly could have. So this might be an hour plus of us both going. Oh no, you you go you go. It's you. No, no, you after go you. first. No, no, after you. Oh, okay. Yeah, you. the only no after you. Ah. The only way you can do. Uh, after you. Mm. The only way you can do this is if one person goes like they power through and they're like, okay, I've accidentally interrupted someone, but let's keep going. Or <laughs> That's you right. have a continuous, no, please go. No, please go. Like you're stuck in a door, you know, when you're both like going, no, after you, after you, and no one can walk through the door. It's that, but mm. with words. I reckon I hold the world record for the most uh, side steps when you're walking up to someone and you both step in the wrong direction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I reckon I hold the world record for the most... Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, 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 oh. And you're through. Okay. Every time. I just... I've got a skill at being bad at that. And now you're married. So congratulations. Because yeah. that's how it works. Legally. Yeah. Legally, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just stuck... Well, otherwise it's illegal. So you've yeah. got to be married or... Yeah. If you're and still doing built on that... Less. And you're within 1.5 metres of each other, that's not allowed, Dave, so... You not allowed anymore. Mm. Yeah, that's why you got to get married, and then it's fine. <laughs> all right, because if you're yeah. married, you're, you're allowed married, to. You're married, it's fine. Uh, look, as as someone who is a that's little a bit point. socially awkward at point. all times, the one thing that I have been enjoying about uh, the current lockdown is that now, if anyone approaches me on the street for any reason, whether it be to be asked for a donation or ask for directions or anything, I can just don't have to say anything, and I can just just walk away and just be like, yeah. no, and just leave. So that's good. I'm enjoying that a lot. Mm, I've put um, I put a face mask over my mouth and then I put one over my eyes and then they can't even... It's hard to make eye contact with me too. That's true. I'm, I'm just wandering the streets just bumping into things. <laughs> they can't talk to me. I can't talk to anyone I can't see. See? Mm. I'm ahead of the games. Yes. Things are going well for me in lockdown, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, being in lockdown, Beck. I mean, it's one of the things where you, you, you probably have more time to read than ever. But at the same time, most people probably aren't. But yes. I always ask my guests, 
Have you been reading anything during your time in lockdown, Beck? I have been reading the Department of Health and Human Services website. <laughs> oh, um, fantastic. Just updating myself on new restrictions. I've been reading Twitter a lot because that's where you get the numbers and it's where the anxiety comes from. Yeah. <laughs> um, but other than that, I feel like I've, yeah, I've really dropped off the reading thing. I've, I know a lot of people who are like, oh, I'm reading this book. It's great. It's great. Mostly I've been reading uh, the text that comes with playing the new Paper Mario on Switch. Which is a lot of words, I've got to say, because it's an RPG, but it's not a book. But it is paper. I don't know. Look, does it count, Dave? You are the guy who runs the podcast. Does a game count? They call me the book chook. Um. <laughs> <laughs> pluck a book, they call you. Because you're always plucking <laughs> a book off the shelf. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, it's Dave Warner K. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> Can I have that? Yeah, I I kind of feel like I wish I said, "Hey, hey, it's Warner K," but yeah, please I'll use that. I'll also patent that. Mm. Yep, I think an instructional booklet. I can count that. Absolutely, any reading mm. is is good reading. It's good for the soul. Mm. And how are you going with the with the game? Are you, is it one of the games where you have to understand a lot of things before you can make it? You know, you can oh, really get into oh it. No, it's a child's game essentially, which is what oh, we okay. all need right now. But it has like it, it's a Super Mario game, but it's um. Like a story. It leads you around to different little worlds and things have happened. Everyone's paper and origami. And it's quite fun. It's just cute. It's cute and calm and it's what we need right now, okay? I can't Mm. play The Last of Us 2, which is a very stressful game about zombies. That's too much right now and it's too real. They're all like there was a horrible disease and now we're all killing each other. I'm like, that's... I don't want to think about that right now. I I have not played The Last of Us 2... But the other mm. half of my podcast loaned me The Last of Us Part One, uh, so I've been playing a little bit of that, and it's it's just a it's just a great look at how Earth is going to be in like two or three years. So that's it's really good. <laughs> and just, the trees uh, look great, don't mm, they? Yeah, we yeah. are the virus, etc. Yes, what precisely. Trees. Yes. Uh, but everything else seems um, a bit dire. Books are going to get us through. That's right. Well, Mason, have you been reading any books? Uh, yeah, well, I have. But like, like Beck, I've been uh, been reading Twitter uh, both as soon as I get up and uh, before I go to bed. So that's that's great. That's a great uh, it's a great idea for me. Uh, and, I say and I also do that, but I would not recommend it to anyone. Oh no, <laughs> never do it. No. If if what I should do is install Twitter like at maybe midday at the earliest, and then delete it at like nine p.m. and then just not <laughs> not use it at all. But I but I can't. Um, I can maybe delete it at one pm. <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, get in, get in one hour of Twitter time. Uh, but yeah, I've also been. One hour. Uh, I've been reading this book, but it's it's called it's called I don't know if you can get that. It's called Infinite Detail, and it's sort of a Ooh. it's sort of a, a post apocalyptic esque novel uh, in which, uh, among other things, the internet has been permanently uh, erased. So it's uh, oh, my, no. so it's so it's it's a, it's a really interesting read. Uh, but it's also, you know, it's it's very anxiety-inducing uh, for for that very reason because everything I do is, is it attached. Actiony or is it like psychological? It's it's more of the second one. Uh, but I haven't. I'm mm. not that far into it because, again, like like uh, Dave was saying, uh, we should all be reading right now. We have the time to read. But uh, you know, Dave, if you had a podcast that was about sitting on your couch and eating ice cream, uh, <laughs> I'd, I'd be a guest every week. So yeah. <laughs> Oh, do you want to start that? That sounds fun. And mm. also, we just won't bother recording it. We'll okay, just good. Hang out. okay, good. We'll just, we'll just sit on our respective couches and Zoom while eating ice cream. Do we have to Zoom? Quickly. Can we just, just eat by ourselves? 
Yeah, let's, all right. Do you want to do that? Do it tomorrow. Do I have to put these yeah. lights on? Can I just be in the dark by myself eating ice cream on a couch? But but I also yeah. think we shouldn't set a specific time. Let's just mm. say any time, tomorrow or not tomorrow. Yeah. Maybe on a couch, maybe in your bed, maybe you've never got out of bed. Maybe you've dragged a freezer, like a mini fridge, into your room so you can just reach right in. But we can write yeah, it on. Right. We can write it on ta- off on tax because it's a work expense. Because yeah. it's for this podcast we've mentioned. It's for a podcast. That's right. Yeah. This is all podcast. research. Mm. Mm. Yeah. We've got to f- eat every single flavor before I find out what one I'm going to do on the pilot. That's right. <laughs> well, it's great to have you both back on the podcast. Appreciate you being here. And um, I've also been reading. Can you believe? Oh, we can believe it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I've been reading is uh, a little old book that you may have heard of, maybe, and that is To Kill a Mockingbird. (gasps) Oh, yes. An often requested uh, classic that I cover on this show. Do you guys have much of a relationship with this text? No. Which is, uh, uh, is is that shameful? I think everybody knows To Kill a Mockingbird, but how many people... Have read it. Probably everyone besides me. So so that, that's cool. Yeah. That's okay. I'm mm. with you right there. I also have not read it. But also I used to call it How to Kill a Mockingbird, which is not an instructional manual, I don't think. Like I don't How think to- there's detailed instructions on just like really just smacking a mockingbird with a hammer. Like, How to get away with killing a mockingbird, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, this I is, think that's is, what I'm mixing up with. This is, is this Harper Lee? Is, she, is that the woman who wrote it? That is right, and she right. and she and she never wrote anything again. Is that is that also this is that is also what true? Because I, I heard a, that from a meme. All all I know a is that there's that. all I know is that she wrote this book. Then she wrote nothing for a really long time, mm. and then like a couple of years ago, they were like, she's put a new book out. But then it turns out it might just be a a, a different draft of this book that's been sort of hastily oh. re-edited. Into, a, into very, another book. Very true. Yeah. I've got a little uh, little paragraph on the on the incident here. Yep. So I also had not read this book before. So this is uh, one of the most commonly studied books in many schools, mm-hmm. many English speaking schools. Uh, but I obviously the same as you guys somehow avoided it during my time in high school. So uh, I'll tell you a little bit about it. First published in 1960, To Kill a Mockingbird is a novel by American author Harper Lee, as you just said. The book was an immediate success and it won a Pulitzer Prize in 1961. Since then, it has been translated into over 40 languages and sold over 30 million copies worldwide, which is quite impressive. That's not bad. That is a lot. You'd Mm. You'd be happy with that, you think. Hmm. Uh, despite the incredible success of her debut novel, this is for you, May, so Lee didn't publish a follow-up novel for over 50 years until in 2015 at the age of 88, an old manuscript called Go Set a Watchman was discovered in a safety deposit box and then published. Hmm. Uh, Sus. So some believe the novel is actually an early draft of To Kill a Mockingbird and there was a lot of, a lot of uh, <laughs> controversy around yeah, it. Yeah, I remember that, yeah. It was published as as if it was a sequel. Yeah. Uh, but it really was basically uh, an early draft, despite mm. that the novel sold 1.1 million copies in the first week. Yeah, okay. I'm not surprising. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Mostly but, uh, just schools the- again. They were like, let's get it in there. We've got another thing to study. Yes. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lee died the following year in 2016 at the age of 89. So a lot of people were a bit outraged because I did see it as people cashing in before she passed away. Yeah, that's right. one of the yeah, I think that's that's also what I heard. Yeah, but I but I also hear that they're uh, they're 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 bringing out another sequel, uh, one tequila, two tequila, three tequila, mockingbird. 
So. <laughs> Is that where you? Uh-huh. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you, everyone. I like that. That's very good. Well, that's my one joke for the week. Uh, see you later, everyone. I'm gonna go. Cheerio. Yep. Thank you so much. I always start with the the opening line of of the novel, just to mm. set the scene, to give you a bit of the author's words, mm. if you will. Oh, this is the opening line. Uh, when he was nearly thirteen, my brother Jem got his arm badly broken at the elbow. Mm. Opening line. Wow, intriguing. That happened to my brother, I think, too. Really? Yeah, I did it to him though. So <gasps> I don't know if this is a good story. What did you do? We were. This is actually no. It is a good story. I think I've told. I might have told. I hope I haven't told it on Bookcheap. But I, me and my brother were at the maternity ward visiting my new uh, cousin. I said to him, I was like, I've learnt new blocks at karate, mm-hmm. and I was like, you should come at me, and I will show you how to effectively block against an attack. You know, a normal thing you do in a maternity ward. For sure. And he's coming at me. He's coming at me. And I'm like, pow, and I knocked him backwards into a door and he hit his arm uh, and went down and then he was like, ah, and he obviously, ow. Mm. And instead of uh, taking him to the hospital that we were in, we left (laughs) uh, and we went out to dinner. The next day we went to a skateboard uh, competition (laughs) and then after that, we finally went back. I don't know why my parents did this, but then we finally went back to the doctors and he had broken his arm quite badly. So I wow. count that as a win for karate. Um, so don't come at me. <laughs> Beck, Beck, look, you, you're saying a lot of words, but it yes. sounds sounds to me just like a lot of bragging. Oh, I went to a hospital. Oh, I went to a look skateboard competition. I go outside <laughs> all the time. <laughs> la di da <laughs> I've been to more outdoor That's events. Me. Yeah, wow, okay. That's yeah, the, I look. I went within one point five meters of my brother, and I yeah. decimated him. Nice. And that's the dream. Yeah, that's yes. true. And you also have a certain <laughs> amount of plausible deniability there because you, you, yes. the door broke his arm, so you could be yeah, like, I, I wasn't involved. It wasn't yeah. me. He should have learned how to drop and roll or whatever you would you do in karate. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he was missing um, <laughs> the other half of also him learning karate. Probably. Yeah, to make that yeah, safe. yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, anyway, good opening as, line. I liked it a lot. <laughs> I like it too. It, it, I relate to it. It's so intriguing. I, like I don't it. relate at all, but it's very intriguing. First of all, well, why didn't she say 12? Mm. You know, because that's the age he actually is. Not, that's not right. nearly 13, you know. Mm. 12, 12 and three quarters, she could have said. Is it because you're on the cusp of teenagerhood? You know, what sounds to me like uh, she just wanted to, uh, you know, bring up the word count, if you ask me. She's starting early. Yeah, She's like, I'm going to add a yeah. couple more words. <laughs> Yeah. She, she called. The, she How called the publisher nearly? and she's like, "Can I can I increase the font size by like half a point?" And they're like, "No." And she's like, "Well, I'm just going to say, nearly yeah. of the age of thirteen instead of 12. And when they made her cut the "How to Kill a Mockingbird," like the "How" out of that, yeah, yeah, she yeah, was yeah. devastated because she yeah. was like, "That was another word." That's right. What have you done? <laughs> I'll add it here. Nearly. Yeah. Done. Done. Perfect. Now, who are we talking about, Dave? Who's who? Who is this talking? And who is who is the, who is the brother? What's going on? Well, it, it goes on. So when he was nearly 13, my brother Jem got his arm badly broken at the elbow. And it goes on, uh, skipping a couple of lines, the ending of this paragraph is, when enough years had gone by to enable us to look back on them, we sometimes discussed the events leading up to this incident. And thus begins Harper Lee's To Kill a Mockingbird. So, Beck, have you ever thought about using your karate story and publishing a worldwide bestseller that leads up to that event? 
Every day I think about publishing a worldwide bestseller. I'm like, maybe today's the day. Yeah, well, if, uh, if not now, when, you know? When else are you going to? You know what they yeah. say? If you haven't published a worldwide no. bestseller in quarantine, you should be bloody whatever going to do it, am I right? Uh, right? That's what they bloody say. Oh, you are bloody, bloody, bloody mm. They do say that. What happened just then? Uh, yeah. Well, based on answer to your question, this story is told to us by our narrator, mm. a certain Jean Louise Finch, who was known by the nickname Scout. Yeah, okay. that's, that's, a, that's a name I recognise. That's, yes. I have no other context for that. She tells us about her brother, Jem, and his injured arm and starts telling us the events that led up to it being broken. So that's what this story is. And it's like a bit of a flashback. It's set in Alabama in the 1930s. Scout tells us that a relatives first moved to the USA from England and set up a farm on the Alabama River. The farm was called Finch's Landing. And generations grew up there. But Scout's father, Atticus, another main character in this book, mm. was the first to move away. Rather than become a farmer like everyone else, he became a lawyer, then moved to the nearby town of Maycomb, where this story is set. Maycomb, Alabama, in the 1930s. Okay. All right. We've, we've got a few names so far, some places. I like it. Set a scene. I'm building a little mind map of all the, oh, all the various characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Putting it together. I, love mean, this. I mean, I'll forget it almost immediately, but, but you know, the, the, the effort was there, so... Uh, Atticus made a good living for himself despite the Great Depression happening around this time and had two children with his wife, first Jem and then Scout, who is four years younger than Jem. Their mother died when Scout was just two years old, leaving Atticus to care for the children along with the family cook, an older black woman called Calpurnia. Calpurnia. Hmm. And these they're the main sort of characters in the book. So you've got Jem and Scout, mm-hmm. their father, Atticus, and the cook, Calpurnia. Mm, good, good. So in 1933, when uh, Scout was nearly six and her brother Jem was nearly ten, again, nearly. Mm, <laughs> they, love, yeah. they love the use yeah. of nearly. That's three extra words we've got in there. <laughs> That's now. right. Yeah, she'd be, she'd be, she'd be, she'd be bloody, she'd be bloody cursing herself if she got to the end and there's a there's a big red squiggle and a whole bunch of words underneath that. And she's like, oh, I've gone over the word count now. This is this is embarrassing. I'm going to cut some stuff out. <laughs> Have to go back. Control F, nearly. <laughs> Done. Gone. <laughs> well, when the uh, scout was nearly six and Jem was nearly ten, a boy moved in next door. His name was Charles Baker Harris, but he called himself Dill. Another main character here, okay. Dill. Right. Where did Dill come from? Charles Baker Harris. Like a, like a pickle? Like or maybe a dill. A, like, like a, you like know, a, like you, you, your you, mum calls him a dill? Like, oh, maybe look, he's a dill. He's down at the shops being yeah. a dill. He's a silly little boy. Maybe dill. You know, you put you put some dill in a bagel. You know, like a nice, nice dill oh, like bagel. Nice, like maybe a, that's because mm. his name's Baker. So maybe that's why. Let's assume that's uh, why. Yeah, that makes sense. No, I he like was al- that. He was always eating bagels. Yes, so. exactly. That's right. <laughs> but bagel was too obvious. Yes. <laughs> um, so, dill. He stays the summer with his aunt Rachel. Haverford, who is uh, the Finch's neighbour. Mm-hmm. And the kids all get along and have a great time hanging out and acting out stories, just having a good time. Mm. You know, kids being kids. Yeah. But Dill isn't the most interesting neighbour on the street. Oh, no. That title definitely belongs to the mysterious Boo Radley. Oh. Mm. Whose uh, first name is really Arthur Radley, but he's known as Boo. Is anyone named... What they're named? Yeah, what's going on? We got <laughs> Scout, Dill, Boo. 
What's happened? What's happening? It's because he's always eating bagels, but uh, <laughs> Dill was already taken. Uh, <laughs> yes, <laughs> and he's and he, and he was like, "Hey, can I be Dill?" And they're like, "No, nah, it's taken." He's like, "Oh, boo!" And then then it then it oh, caught on. Yeah, then we got him. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that. that this is sense. this is maybe one of those tropes that people that aren't in books anymore. Where like back in the day, people were always like, "Yeah, I'm I'm my name's Charlie Baker," but people call me Dill or whatever. That now. Mm. Because nobody nobody does that anymore. It's like it's it's now a mystery for us. Like, why do they all have what what are they all hiding from or whatever? But it's not. It's just like, yeah, that's 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 what people were like then. Just just loved it. Yeah. Nickname. Did you guys ever try to give yourself a nickname? Because I knew I had some <laughs> friends who tried to do it to themselves. I'm like, don't don't it doesn't work like that. And then you get I mean you get people who have bad nicknames. Oh yeah, sure. What? Like that's fine, but like not. Not the cool ones because they're kind of cool. I um definitely gave myself a bad nickname that didn't catch on. Um, go, in go year on. seven, I I tried to rebrand as a <laughs> Cobra. Oh, that's great! That's Did not catch stuff. on. Yep. Uh-huh. Guess Call me Cobra. now is the time for it to catch on. Lockdown, <laughs> change your Zoom name to Cobra. Just start. Can I ask Dave? What? How? Maybe it's in the delivery. How did you? How did you? Int- were you like, you know, were, were you just like, hey, everyone, call me Cobra now, or were you like, or did you, did you do something snake-like, and then and then you and you were cool. You did some sort of cool, cool skateboard trick, like like a snake, and then you were like, yeah, that's yeah. why they call me the Cobra, because maybe that would have worked. But if you were well, like, you just hey, everyone, one day. call me Cobra, I don't think that would have. You know, that it's all it's on the way you do it. You know. Was it because I, um, you were biting people on the oh, playground yeah, yeah. and yeah. you're like, well, that's me. I'm the cobra. Yeah, I, I bit a teacher on the face and I said, we should call me cobra. Nice. Beautiful. Nice. <laughs> it Love didn't it. work. Oh. No, I I think I just semi, like I was trying to be semi funny. I was like, wouldn't it be funny if we called me cobra? But then I sort of <laughs> hoped that it would catch on. Yeah, I understand. Um, yeah. It did not See, work. Um, but still, I still feel there is time. Time for a rebrand. No, I think it's I think it's Cobra time. Mm, yeah. I think the time is now. I I tried to give myself the tiniest of nicknames, which was that people used to call me Becky in primary school, and I was like, call me Bicky, like a biscuit. And <laughs> yeah, that's not nice. good. But also, it is very bad. So it's kind of fine. Like, if they'd start calling me Bicky, I would have been like, yeah, I deserve that. Wow. I deserve what I've done to myself. But I should have tried that. I should have been like, guys, call me Miso, like the soup. <laughs> you know? That's mm. nice. But look, and uh, yeah, look, I think what we should, we, everybody should get a pass. I think if you, you know, mm. in these current strange times we're in, if you had a birthday in isolation, you should get it to do it again. And if mm-hmm. and if you want to emerge from from this with a nickname you've given yourself, you should be able to have it. I think we've all we've all suffered enough. I think Dave, if you want to be the cobra, you should you should be Please. the cobra. Yeah, I'm gonna text you from now on, and you will be the cobra. Hey, cobra, <laughs> you know this, don't you? Like this is now, this is forever. I'm yep. so sorry. I love it. I'm I've been Great. wanting it for nearly twenty years. Now. <laughs> it's happened. So it's it's cobra. Bicky and Miso. Yes. Brackets <laughs> like the soup. You have to do the whole thing. Yes. Yep. 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 Like the soup. Mm. Well. All right. We've got some kids. They're playing about. They're, they're, having, they're having a grand old time. So we've got Dill, Jem, Scout, but then they're like, they're not, the, they're not the most interesting person on the street. That's Boo Radley. Called Boo because Boo's a recluse that no one had seen in years and is shrouded oh, no. in mystery. Mm. Mm. 
So Dill's moved to town and Scout's got to uh, indoctrinate him on the local legend of Dill. So he expl- she explains to him some of the rumours she'd heard. When Boo Radley was a child, he'd fallen in with the wrong crowd and having brought up on some uh, some charges after going on a bit of a joyride with his good friends, his no good friends, I should say, mm. rather than be sent to the industrial school as a punishment like the others to set him straight, Radley's father persuaded the judge to let him punish Boo himself. I'll sort him out. After that, Boo wasn't seen for 15 years. Oh, probably had to write a lot of lines on a blackboard. 15 yes, years worth. 15 years worth. It's mm. a lot of chalk. I will not go on a joyride with my friends. Mm. 15,000 times. That's right. Mm. He, was, he wasn't allowed to leave the house mm-hmm. until 15 years later when he apparently stabbed his father in the leg with some scissors. <gasps> this is what we know about him. The father was told, oh, you should send him to a, a mental asylum. He sounds like he needs some help. But the father refused. And when the dad died, Boo's brother Nathan moved in. But Boo himself remained a recluse and still no one has seen him. Now it's just the basis for many legends told by local kids. Okay, so have people seen Nathan? Does, is Nathan in the house? Does he come out of the house? Yeah, Nathan comes and goes, interacts with people, does the shopping. Mm. Mm. Yes, but does he buy meals for one or meals for two? You know what I mean. Is he buying a is he buying a a, a man sized meal? You know, good questions. Yeah, or I think. a woman sized woman sized meal. That's right. Yes, exactly right. I love those man sized meals because generally when you open them too, you're like, this is disappointingly small. Yeah. Which is kind of like, is that a commentary on men? I'm not sure. Maybe <laughs> <Right>. it is. <laughs> then I'm kind of cool with it if you're like, this is man-sized and it's like tiny and you're like, ah. And you open it up and you, you open it up and like the plastic wrapping and it's like, this is big, right? It's printed on there. It's like, this is, this, this <laughs> this pretty, big, yeah. this is pretty good, right? It's pretty big. I think you know? it's pretty big. Guys. Come on, guys, please. Just give me this one. Give me this one. But what it sounds like is it sounds like you need a really big man-sized meal. Mm, yep. Yes. Yes, mm. that's what I need. But <laughs> or really big woman-sized meal. I don't know what I'm trying to prove now. I just need a lot of look. I just need a lot of food right yeah. now at this current point in time. But it's okay. I have very big bags of Doritos. Party, party is much better than man size. I think so too. Party-sized, party-sized bag of Doritos. Yeah, which is great. You can't have a party with people, but you can have your own Dorito party at home on the couch. <laughs> Highly recommended. What were we talking about? The book. Yes. We're talking about <laughs> <the> book. <laughs> uh, Boo Radley. Boo Radley. Yes. So over the years, as you can imagine, in a small town with the kids, the rumours about this mysterious guy have gone absolutely haywire. Jem describes to his new friend Dill, he describes uh, the man, the myth, the legend that's Boo. He says, Boo was about six and a half feet tall, judging from his tracks. He dined on raw squirrels and any cats he could catch. That's why his <laughs> hands were blood-stained. There was a long, jagged scar that ran across his face. What teeth he had were yellow and rotten. His eyes popped and he drooled most of the time. End quote. So that's, that's what people now imagine is this mysterious figure lives mm. in the house next door. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of course, based on this, the trio, especially Dill, become obsessed with seeing this new, uh, seeing their reclusive neighbour. Yeah. Culminating in Dill daring Jem to run into the yard and touch Boo's house. Mm. You know, classic classic kid stuff. Mm. A Nick Knocky sort of prank, but yeah. just like with yeah. a single finger, like just a tut, like tap a hat. That's you should at least have to Nick Knock. I mean, you know, leave leave the bag of dog poo on the you know on the doorstep. Mm. Set it on fire. Then we'll see could, what 
We'll yeah. see what Boo Radley's going to do. Yeah. <laughs> Leave the party bag size of Doritos and see if you can make a friend. <laughs> That's Don't right. You yes. dare take my party bag size of Doritos. <laughs> you leave them behind. They're mine. It's all I have. Leave them behind. Get away. Continue, Dave. <laughs> so Dill, <laughs> Dill is dead by, or dares Jem to touch Boo's house. He does so. Nothing really happens, of course, when he just touches it and runs away, absolutely mm. scared out of his wits. Mm. But the six-year-old scout swore she saw movement. Like maybe someone was watching them from within the house. Oh, spooky, spooky. spooky. Very but spooky. also, it's someone's house. That kind of makes sense if someone's watching them from inside the house. <laughs> yeah. Someone going, yeah. hey, what are you doing? This is my house. Hey, someone's yeah. at my house. Why are they at my house? Get out of here, get out of my house. Don't, don't, t- don't touch my house. I just, I just painted that very specific spot. Please don't. <laughs> yeah. Please don't touch it. <laughs> so they hang out every day, playing these games. Speculating about Boo Radley, at the conclusion of summer, Dill has to return home and Scout starts school for the first time. Initially, she's very excited about it, but quickly finds that she butts heads with her teacher, Miss Caroline Fisher. Miss Caroline is surprised to learn that Scout can already read and wrongly assumes that Atticus has been teaching her and essentially punishes her for being educated. She tells her, stop learning by yourself. (laughs) Wow. You, you wow. Don't learn on your own time. Learn yeah. on company time or not That's at all. right, yes. Is that because, like, the teacher, I guess, would have less work to do and less money? Is that what the... That's such an interesting... Yeah. Wouldn't that be easier? Like, if I was a teacher, I would be like, sick. I don't have to worry about you. You Great. can just come sit here. It's fine. I can it's... worry about the 29 other kids. This is fantastic. Yeah. But no, I think she's more like, he'll probably teach you wrong. Just stick with me. I'm the professional, mate. That's Ooh. their kind of deal. We've lost you a bit, Warnicky. We, we have lost Warnicky, yeah. Um, but the important thing is that me and you, Mesa, can continue. We're having a great a time together. I think that's important. Yeah, I wonder if yeah. Dave. I wonder if Dave is aware that he's gone or. I oh. don't know. I mean, he still is. Oh, he's back again. He's back. Hello. <laughs> I'm so sorry. You both paused uh, like it froze on my screen for a long time, but it then I could me. see. I could see the movement. It was saying that one of you was talking and then the other, but I couldn't hear. Oh, anything. we had a great so conversation, sorry. Dave. This was yeah. this probably the most in depth. Like I think the you know we as guests and the listeners probably got more out of that brief exchange <laughs> than any any other episode of your podcast or indeed any podcast I think that would have been like wow in fact it wouldn't That's surprise a- me it wouldn't surprise me if you, the numbers of your podcast drop after this just because mm. so many listeners achieved true enlightenment and didn't need right. anything anymore yeah. so they were like that was a real moment between two people yeah you know mm. going wow. hello how are you. <laughs> I'm glad I could almost be a part of it. Almost, yeah. yeah that's no. Well, I mean, if 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 your equipment hadn't crapped out, then you mm. you know um, it wouldn't have happened. So thank you, Dave. All oh, right. Thank so you. the same moment couldn't have happened with me there. Fair, yeah, fair that's enough. Nice. Yes. No, fair enough. <laughs> Continue. Sorry. We anyway. We there's heard... this. There's this. This. This absolute goose of a teacher who's somehow like, no, I want more work. I don't want to. I don't want to sit on the toilet yeah. on Facebook. I want to. I want to. <laughs> Teach these. Go on, I want these t- kids to come in dumb, so I have to teach them how to read and such. Well, I mean, she's and to be honest, this teacher is facing a lot of problems with the rest of the class, as we'll find out here, because this is this is the first of a few times that young Scout and Miss Caroline will clash, as the teacher doesn't like Scout learning on her own. She also doesn't like Scout explaining the ways of the town to her. The ladies new to the town doesn't know about oh, stuff. For example, okay. when one of the uh, Scout's classmates called Walter Cunningham has no lunch to eat. The teacher offers to lend him a quarter to buy a lunch mm-hmm. and then says, you can pay me back tomorrow. Yeah. The boy refuses, which perplexes the teacher. 
Scout knows that it's because Walter comes from the Cunningham family that have no money and that he could never afford to pay back this small loan. So he's like, I don't want your money. Mm. Scout knows this because her father does legal work for the family in exchange for vegetables because that's all they've got. Uh huh. And Scout, seeing Walter Cunningham and Miss Caroline having this weird interaction, she thinks she'll help the situation by explaining this to her teacher, who again gets annoyed at this little upstart and then punishes her with the ruler, gives her a bit of a slap on the hand. Oh. I remember teachers like this, <laughs> especially because I was a little nerd. Uh-huh. And sometimes teachers would be... Uh, I would know that the other students were being shitheads yeah. or doing something in particular like hiding their whiteboard markers places and I would know where the whiteboard markers are. And if I thought the teacher was okay uh-huh. or if I was like, God, I just want to get this class over with, sometimes I would tell them and they would then get annoyed at you as if you were part of the thing. And it's like, no, I'm trying to... Uh, like it... Just accept that I'm a I'm a snitch. Now, Beck, now, Beck, that's an interesting mm. story. But what it tells mm. me is that you were hiding whiteboard markers, and then and then and then oh. your guilty conscience got the better of you. And this is an elaborate oh. ploy, I think, to, to to kind of shift shift blame and so forth. Mm. Like, a, and it, you nearly got away with it. This this decades long con. I almost con. got away with you it. You nearly it's got away with it. Such a shame. You? Yeah, and that sounds right. like classic Bicky behavior to that's me. Exactly yep. right. That's Bicky. Classic Bicky. She. Yeah. <laughs> Hides the whiteboard markers. Is in book yeah, club, and then chess rat, club. And then she tries to rat on Cobra. Come on, leave <laughs> Cobra alone. <laughs> well, it's bloody miso put me up to it. Jesus. Yeah, that's right. Like the soup. Mm. Like the soup yeah, would, you like know? Like the soup. I'm so sorry. Yes, yeah. miso, like the soup. I mean, yeah. Cobra's got a lot to deal with already. He's got a lot of bullies to <laughs> on his back. He, he's <laughs> tried to tell people to call him Cobra, for God's sake. <laughs> Give the kid a break. Anyway, what a douchebag teacher. No, bad. Mm. And there's, there's another incident early on. Uh, Miss Caroline shows she's really out of her depth when she suddenly screams in the class one day, It's alive! And then points to one of the students, Burris Yule, which is a fantastic name. Mm-hmm. Uh, what she's referring to when she yells, It's alive, is, uh, is the cootie or the bug that's just crawled out of his hair. Oh, oh I see. Okay. Because... Uh, Burris is part of the very poor Yule family, mm-hmm. who are very famous in the town. Been there a long time. Bug he, farmers. He was, bug farmers. Yeah, that's right. It's all they uh, have. Scout, they don't even have vegetables. They just have bugs. They just got bugs. I got heaps of them. <laughs> uh, Scout describes him as uh, quote the filthiest human I had ever seen. Oh no, I'm imagining Pigpen from from the Peanuts cartoons. Just a cloud of dust around him at all times. It is that kind of thing. So she actually describes he has a grey neck because it's so filthy. Oh, no. Oh, no. You don't want a grey neck. No. And when the teacher, she freaks out, she sees this bug in his hair. She's like, oh, my God, what the hell? It's alive. And when the teacher tells Burris to uh, have a bath before he comes back, he reveals he won't be coming back. Oh. Because it's revealed that the Yules, the whole family, only come on the first day of school every year, basically to get ticked off so they don't get in trouble with truant officers, and then they're never seen again. They don't go to school, despite the law saying that they should. Mm-hmm. They just hang out and live on their farm. And as Boris leaves to make the teacher feel awful about herself, he calls her a slut and makes her cry, and then he like leaves with his bug in his hair. And she very much shows that she's very much out of her depth in this, in this town. Yeah. That, I mean, look... That doesn't sound like the best situation, so I'm kind of all right. 
Mm. She yeah. is a butthead, but also that's not super okay. All right, maybe every, <laughs> no one's having a good time. In there's, this. there's no winners here, is there? No, 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 there's no winners really. No. Mm. Well, what about the cootie? It gets to live in the kid's hair. <laughs> yeah, true. okay. Yeah, no, that's yep. a winner. True. Yeah, yep, yep, that's yep. true. Mm, yeah. Did they have good lice treatments back in the day? Probably not. No, probably just no. <laughs> just shave your head, I guess. You know, just yeah. Just, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's kind of a look now. So that's, that's true. That would be cool. Yeah. Very true. So and this is all on the first day of school, all this incident. So it's not been a good, good first day of school. Oh, this school. is just the first day. Yeah, all on the first <laughs> oh, day. Nah, okay, she's, yep, yeah, all right. So little, little Scout goes home and tells her father, Atticus, that she hates school and that she is not going to be going back. He explains to her that she has to and adds an important quote from the book, if I could read one to you now. Please. He says, quote, If you learn a simple trick, Scout, you'll get along better with all kinds of folks. You never really understand a person until you climb into his skin and walk around in it, mm. end quote. Well, mm. just this one simple trick to drop belly fat. It's all over the internet. <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, look, I wanted, Scout, I just wanted to let you know uh, something that my father taught me is that there are hot singles in your area. And uh, <laughs> cl- Click here now. <laughs> click here now. <laughs> so, I was always scared by those ads because I was like, how, do, how are they in my area? How do they know? Mm. Get out of my area! <laughs> so that's where I was at. But anyway, that. this is much less creepy. Just get inside somebody's skin Continue. and just yeah, just, 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 jump w- in. just wiggle around in it for a bit and you'll yes. get it. Walk around in it mm. and that's mm. how you get it. But that It'd is be a, tough it, to put all the toes on <laughs> if you're in someone's skin. Oh, like, my God. You know how it's tough to get like a toe sock on and that's mm. made of sock? If that's that true. was made of skin, impossible. I don't think this is good advice. well scout despite that takes the advice on board and sort of thinks about it throughout the book and then atticus uh cuts a deal with scout saying he'll keep reading to her as long as they keep it a secret from miss caroline so miss caroline said your father shouldn't be reading to you basically no learning at home (laughs) but he's like all right i'll secretly keep reading to you as long as you keep going to school and don't tell the teacher about it and they're like okay this is the weirdest secret. This is one of the weirdest secrets that anyone would ever have to keep, yeah. I feel. It's like, don't tell your teacher how smart you are. Just we're going to we're going to we're going to build an elaborate charade around what your teacher does and does not know about your learning. Okay? So just uh, <laughs> for God's sake, do not tell her that you know algebra. She will kill you. This she is will. it's going to be not a- tell her you know what happens in Harry Potter when you get to go <laughs> read Harry Potter in class, you pretend you go, "Oh my god, god. Snape Good. Okay. <laughs> you got to act, act, act natural. Act like you pretend you haven't read Harry Potter before. Come on, scared you can do it. Be cool. Be cool. It's going to be a very weird parent-teacher interview at the end of the semester. Just mm. what? What's she been learning? Oh, reading. Not in. Not in my house. No. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. We don't know how to read in my house. Yes, I'm a lawyer, but I do not know how to read. That's right. Well, so well. Scout continues on hating school. But then an exciting thing starts to happen. One day on the way home from school, as she's passing the mysterious Boo Radley residence, she sees some tinfoil sticking out of a knothole in one of the Radley's oak trees. The tree is along the fence line, so Scout reaches into the knothole and discovers that it's two brand new pieces of chewing gum. Jackpot. Oh, hello. Couple of, couple of bits of Bazooka Joe, you know what I mean? Yeah. Bit of hubba bubba. That's right. <laughs> and not being a fool, she chews them both herself. Mm. But when she tells her <laughs> brother Jem about it, 
He tells her to spit it out. Yep. I'm, I don't... Yeah. yeah. I'd, I'd say he's the wiser of the two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. to be honest. Mystery, was that a gum mystery. tree? It was a gum tree. Oh. Guys, it was a gum tree. Oh. Hello, oh. everyone. Oh. Hi. Oh. It was a gum tree. Mm. You're very good. Thank you. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I just It doesn't get better than that. It just it will not. It will not. <laughs> uh, like the trees we have in Australia. Yeah, yeah. like the trees we have in Australia. You, you, eucalyptus tree. Yes. Yeah, and you can yeah. chew them. Very good. You can chew anything if you try hard enough. Mm. Wow. Well, yeah. so, so what is, is this out. some sort of trap then? Yeah. Well, trap, he says, trap gum. He says, the older brother says, spit it out. What are you doing? This is just random gum. You can't just eat gum you've found. Mm. But this doesn't stop Scout from checking the tree on her walk home every single day. In case there's more gum. Just in case. Mm. It's, yeah. It is a gum tree, as Beck has established. Yeah. Mm. Or some M&M's. For example, Ooh. might be some M and M's in the tree, you know. Or money, money tree. Money tree. Yep. Money mm-hmm. tree. Mm. Which it turns out to be because on the last day of school, Scout and Jem discover two coins <gasps> inside the knot, and they decide to hang on to them. Oh. So we're not sure what's going on there just yet. Mm. But with the end of school comes summer, and with summer comes their friend Dill, who again mm-hmm. stays with the auntie next door. Mm-hmm. The group again start hanging out and start to play a game called Boo Radley, where over the days they basically create a play about Boo Radley, the mysterious neighbour. Eventually, Atticus, the sibling's father, catches them, and when he sees them playing with scissors, he guesses that they're, that they're doing something to do with Boo Radley, which they deny, but they wonder if it's safe to play the game anymore, so they sort of stop doing that for a while. Okay. Mm. Which leads uh, Jem and Dill to begin to start leaving Scout out of their games and playing together in the treehouse without her. Oh. Which is, which is a little bit tragic. Mm. And feeling left out, she spends uh, time with one of their neighbours, Miss Mordy, who gives, uh, gives her intel on Boo Radley, saying that he was a nice boy before he disappeared. Mm. Jem and Dill's obsession with Boo grows and they try to pass a note to his window using a fishing pole. Basically, they're desperate to make contact with this uh, mysterious figure. But Atticus mm. again catches them and tells them, for God's sake, leave Boo alone. Mm. And they do leave him alone. That is until Dill's final night in town before having to head home again. They're like, let's fire a gun through his window. <laughs> it's just, oh, no. just machine gun. It's machine gun his house. <laughs> just Hello, for are you in there? <laughs> Perfect. Well, the two boys cannot leave him alone any longer and Scout, desperately wanting to be included, is convinced to help with their plan. Mm. Their plan, not quite shooting, but their plan is to sneak into the yard and peer into the house through a loose window shutter. Ah, oh, yes. They are geniuses. Mm. The old peekaboo, I like it. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. They sneak in and look into a few windows before seeing the shadow of a man with a hat and at this point they run away terrified and you're like... Oh, it's not that scary. Again, there's people inside a house. But then a shotgun goes off behind <gasps> them. So they're being shot at, not the other way around. Mason. Wow. I could not. That's that's the opposite of what they wanted to happen. <laughs> that's the exact reverse. Well, the kids run, but in their panic to get back over the fence, Jem gets caught and has to ditch his pants to escape. <laughs> what is this, a bloody... Did he- Bloody episode of Arrested Development or something? What are these guys? (laughs) Losing his pants. Oh, my God. Also, 
That sounds like an excuse. It's like, oh no, my I pan- have to get rid of my pants. <laughs> my pants are chafing me. Whoa. Oh no. <laughs> oh no, get them off. Too much drag. Mm, yep. Need to loosen the load <laughs> faster. Um, how do you? Yeah, I guess they got caught. Is that the thing? Mm. Well, pants the, the, got caught on something. The, yeah, Just, the pants got caught. He can't get them off. Mm. We can't get over the fence, so he has to uh, ditch the pants. He's mm. gonna not wear those ripped jeans. That's the problem with those ripped jeans. You get well, caught a, on things. He's a bad boy for life, and I can't he's blame him. Yeah, yeah. That's true. He's yeah. the real. He's the cobra of this story. Let's be honest. Yeah, that's very true. <laughs> Yes. So they've absolutely piss bolted, left the pants behind. The kids come home to find Atticus and a bunch of neighbours all gathered to see why the gun went off. And the kids have to act all nonchalant and be like, oh, a crowd? What's happened here? What's Mm. happening, guys? Mm. And Miss Morty says that Mr. Nathan Bradley, who's Boo's older brother, the one that does uh, actually be seen around the property, uh, shot at a black man creeping in his yard and that he'll be waiting with his gun if the man comes back. So there's a uh, throughout the book, there is a, a real undertone of racism in, in the book. Dave, you didn't say anything about racism in this book. I thought this was just going to be a fun adventure with some boys nick-knocking on doors and, and firing a machine gun into a house. You didn't say anything yeah, about, weird tree gun. about about serious issues, but all right. If you say I know, so. I'm sorry, it has, a, it has a secret message all along. Gotcha, <laughs> sucked in, <laughs> sucked you in. I'm here to laugh, not learn. I know, I'm afraid. <laughs> Two birds with one stone right here. That's oh, right. Oh, wow. Yes. Two mocking stones, you might say. <laughs> well, That is definitely where that word should have gone, yes. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they've come home and they're like, oh, what's happening here? And they're like, oh, she, uh, the neighbour just shot at a man in the, in the, in the yard. And the kids are like, oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I guess that's, that's what happened. We certainly weren't oh. over there. We, we weren't hanging mm. around. We had nothing to do with it. That's right. it. I see how is it be. And that's when uh, Atticus notices that his son, Jem, just has no pants on in the front yard. No pants, Jem. That's right. Now, <laughs> that's, like, how, that's how you get a nickname, is you lose your pants. And then all of a sudden, you, it's pantsless Jem forever, you know? That's how you get it. And then you have to, be, you, you have to make the choice. You have to be like, ha-ha, yeah, pantsless Jem, and hope people forget about it. Because if you're like, no, no, I'm not pantsless Jem, then all of a sudden you're pantsless Jem forever. I you know? Oh, no, that's right. Really, what you should have done is said, "No, please don't call me Bicky. I hate Bicky." Then mm. you would have got it. That's right. Damn. Damn. Or I, I could have whipped my pants off. <laughs> that's right. Oh, pantsless Bicky. Yeah. Pretty good. Yeah. Pretty I good. like it. Mm-hmm. So Atticus notices his son doesn't have pants on. He's like, "What's going on?" And Jem's a bit like, uh, "All tongue-tied." And then Dill comes in with the lie of the century and says. We were playing strip poker and I won his pants. That's why he's got no pants. What a lie. Raises more questions than it answers, ultimately, I think. But, <laughs> yeah, uh, I think so too. Let's, let's see well, how Atticus uh, 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 takes this. Let's see, let's see where he goes with this. Mm. Well, Atticus is annoyed that they were playing cards, but seems because, you know, he doesn't want his kids playing cards and gambling, but mm-hmm. he seems to accept the excuse. All right. So there you go. Cool. Yep. Yep. But that still leaves the problem of the pants. Yeah. Atticus says to Dill, all right, we'll give my son his pants back. And Dill's yep. like, yeah, 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 sure, I'll give, give his pants back. So that <laughs> night, Jem has to sneak back under the cover of darkness to get his pants that are still left on the fence. Mm. 
He knows it's risking his life because they've already been shot at and now the people inside the house think that there are prowlers so they're very much ready to shoot on sight. Mm. But he tells Scouts, like, don't go, don't go. But he tells her, I've got to go. I'd rather die than let Atticus find out the truth. So he goes, <laughs> he gets he gets the pants. Yep. He doesn't get shot at and he comes home, gets back into bed. Atticus doesn't know. The perfect crime. Mm. That's right. The perfect crime. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, book cheaters. Just Dave here quickly stopping the podcast to tell you something quite important. And that is, there's a world of entertainment options out there. And by that, I mean there's a lot of compelling international shows that you might be missing out on. It's time to burst the domestic TV bubble and check out Acorn TV. If you're not familiar, Acorn TV is a commercial-free streaming service that's rooted in British television. It's home to sophisticated and artful storytelling with top-rated mysteries, addicting dramas, heartfelt comedies, and so much more. Unlike other British streaming services, Acorn TV has content from Ireland, Canada, Australia, New Zealand, and beyond. Lots of great stuff on there. For example, if you're a fan of quirky British comedy, then the other one is a must-watch. It follows two sisters from very different worlds who had no idea the other existed until their father drops dead. So that's the other one. But my tip for you is I uh, have Acorn. Fantastic. And it just costs $5.99 a month. Absolute bargain. What I absolutely love about it is I'm addicted to British mysteries and there are heaps of them on there. Lots of crime shows that I've never seen before. The one I've been absolutely smashing lately is Agatha Christie's Partners in Crime, which uh, features Jessica Rain and David Williams, the Little Britain star, starring together in Agatha Christie's Tommy and Tuppence Mysteries. Oh man, it's set during the Cold War. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Love, love period stuff that's done well, you know? Great, great stuff. So that's my tip. Agatha Christie's Partners in Crime. So like me, if you want to escape to Britain and beyond without leaving your seat, try Acorn TV for 30 days for free. All you have to do is go to acorn.tv and then use my promo code BOOKCHEAT. All one word, BOOKCHEAT. That's acorn, A-C-O-R-N dot TV using the code BOOKCHEAT to get your first 30 days for free. Check it out. And this week's episode of Book Cheat is also brought to you by the good people at Audible, the leading provider of spoken word entertainment and audiobooks. They've got bestsellers, celebrity memoirs, business, news, self-development. There is something for everyone on Audible. The way it works is every month members get one credit to pick any new title plus two Audible originals from a monthly selection you also get access to Daily News Digest from the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, the Washington Post, as well as guided meditation programs. And if you want to check out more of To Kill a Mockingbird, well, they have a fantastic version on there, narrated by the Academy Award-winning legend that is Sissy Spacek. One of the best actors reading, one of the best books ever written. You honestly cannot go wrong. And finally, if you two want to get involved with Audible, all you have to do is visit audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. To become an Audible member like me, simply go to audible.com slash bookcheat or text bookcheat to 500-500. Get started today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. 
So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So Deal goes home and it's back to school. So a new mm-hmm. school year. So over a year's gone past now in the entire novel so far. Have there been any other pants incidences since then? To be honest, there were about four or five, but I thought I'd only mention the main one. Yeah, no, I, of course, you understand. Yeah. Otherwise, we'd be asking questions about all the other pants situations. Yeah, 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 yeah. We'll get bogged down. I mean, down. we got into, like, shirts. <laughs> Where did all the shirts go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Socks, yeah. like, every, everything, hats. Every time Atticus is like, oh, another strip poker incident. All right. Mm. As long as you're, <laughs> you know, as long as you're staying indoors, I guess. Good for you, kids. <laughs> Basically, there is another message in this book, and it's a, it's an anti-gambling message. But I, uh, so I thought that I was already getting one good message in, so I, I thought yep. that I didn't want to overload the audience. Yeah, yeah, because otherwise we'd have to choose, wouldn't we? We'd have to be like, should we gamble or be racist? That's right. Which one? We got to pick one. You, you've got to do one. Unfortunately, <laughs> you can't yeah. do neither. You got to oh, got to do yeah, got to okay. do one or both. Yep, it's true. I guess I'm installing sports bet. Yeah, oh, that's no. right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, damn it! I didn't want to do this. I've got to do one. So Dill goes home and it's back to school and then one night Jem reveals to Scout something strange happened. When he went back to get his pants that were stuck on the fence, the rip had been fixed and they were folded neatly for him like they were waiting for him to come back and get them. Huh. A little bit creepy. Interesting. Don't love that. And not only that, Beck, you said his pants were f- fully ripped before. All the other rips have been uh, mended as well. So he no longer has bad boy ripped pants. Wow. Is... So he's just a, he's just a, a real poindexter now, like everybody yeah, he's else. Just got r- regular straight also, cut denim. Was he kind of upset? Was he like, those were fashion rips? <laughs> oh, <laughs> how dare they unrip them and just go like, yes, now, perfect. <laughs> That's, I don't like this. I, that's creepy. That's more I... creepy than finding pants just flowing on a fence in the breeze i think i think boo radley is somebody's well-meaning grandmother is who that is ultimately (laughs) so scout and jem continue to find little treasure waiting for them in the the knot hole of the radley place Mm. and then they know that the treasures are left for them because one day they find two figures carved out of soap that resemble scout and jem oh Wow. There's little figurines of them. And after a few more surprises are left for them, the siblings decide to write a thank you note to whoever is leaving them. They're polite kids, you know? Yeah, that's right. Mm. And they might get a, like a Werther's original out of it. Oh, like yes. Yeah. <laughs> the dream. <laughs> how much how much detail can you get in like a tiny wax figurine of somebody? Like what are you what are you how are you how are you bloody how are you where, where are the details, you know? Yeah, did I look at them and just go, yeah, that's us. I can tell. <laughs> yeah, th- you know, this these are yeah human orb. children. I guess it's us. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. Maybe it just has their name written on it, like a text. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah, it says, yeah. "This is you." <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I mean, uh, so, some artists are more subtle than others, but you know, this true, person yeah. didn't want the message to be lost. So, yeah. this is you. Or is replaced their faces with little mirrors. Oh, so yeah, like that, t- that time That's Time nice. magazine was like, you're the person of the year. <laughs> yeah, person of the year mm. is you. Mm. Oh, almost as disappointing as the year the computer was the person <laughs> of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could have had it twice, you know, if, they hadn't, if the computer <laughs> hadn't had it. I'm going to clean it up. Yeah. Hogging it. Mm. Hogging it. Mm-hmm. 
So they decide to drop a note off to say thanks to the person for giving them these little gifts. And when they go to drop the note off, they find that the knot where things had been stored for them has been filled in with concrete. It's <gasps> a bit much. Yeah. yeah. Almost like someone doesn't want them to be doing that anymore. This is a complete aside, but earlier in the day I was watching free-to-air television and an ad came on that was like, concrete, it's really good. Uh, and I was like talking about how good concrete was and I was like, where's this ad going? And then at the end, the title card was just like, concrete. And it was an ad for concrete. And I just wanted to tell you guys. So if you guys see it, I'm not, I, I really felt like, <laughs> oh, I've actually properly lost it now. <laughs> the TV is advertising concrete to me. Who's paying Why for is that? This? The concrete council. The concrete people, I don't know. Big concrete. Well, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. And then, but they're so threatening anyway, like, because concrete boots, like, I, yeah. of course I'm, I love concrete. I would never say anything against concrete mm. because I'm scared of it. It's Was it followed up by, like, an ad for wood? Very useful. I was waiting for it to come, to tell you the truth. I, I just didn't know. I wasn't aware that concrete, no brand. Just concrete, the thing that is mo- in most places. Have, Be- Beck, have you accidentally tapped into the in-store TV of like a Bunnings or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, in the supermarkets. Yeah, I'm watching, yeah. I, I'm watching Doctor's Waiting Room yeah, TV for some yeah. reason. I don't know how I've done this. You know how in the supermarket there's like Coles Radio now? You can They, they have their own radio you station. That is a digital radio station I know. that you can listen to. You can get to it to right in your car. Yeah, I know. Yeah. I've got a digital radio. Sometimes I'll whip on some Coles Radio, enjoy yeah. um, just some messages about trolleys, uh, followed <laughs> by the hottest hits of the 1980s. Mm-hmm. I love it. But yeah, oh. concrete. Um, anyway, this anyway, sorry. I, very I useful. Concrete. For, I just wanted to mention concrete. Look, I know this this is not that good a use for it, but it's it's very useful. Concrete. Are you now. Becky, are you being sponsored by concrete? Is that what's yeah, happening? I am a little now. Sus. Yeah, yeah, I am. Wow, uh, okay. All right. Yeah. Squarespace and concrete. <laughs> Those are my two big sponsors <laughs> for the week. Concrete. Wow. Do you, do you get do you get a free trial with concrete and if you don't like it they'll come and rip it out? <laughs> Yeah. yeah, you get a free bag of concrete. You gotta mix it yourself. You need one of those big mixes, though. You get, that's not included. You get a, you, you get do a, get concrete. You get a, you get a free pour of concrete, and if you don't like it, they yep. come in and they dynamite it out. Just <laughs> that's the concrete guarantee. Yeah, that's it's right. It's a free trial of concrete. Perfect. Well, the concrete in this story is very effective if that helps you sell your concrete, which we are obviously trying to do, Beck. It's very, <laughs> yes. very effective because it fills up the hole and they can no longer get their little prezzies anymore mm. from whoever's putting them there. They actually end up asking their neighbour, Nathan Radley, who's Boo's older brother, mm-hmm. why it was filled in. And he said it was because the tree was dying. But then when they go and ask Atticus, does that tree look like it's dying? He's like, no. And they're like, Something's weird here. Something is weird. This is a this is some sort of some sort of inside job. This is some sort of sibling rivalry, I think. Between mm, between Boo and Nathan, on. maybe, I yeah. Know. Mm. Tragedy strikes the little town when Miss Morty, the neighbour that our scout likes to hang out with, her house catches on fire in the oh. middle of the night. Atticus and the kids go out and watch as the house burns. Basically the whole town goes out. Yeah, something to do. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> What else is there? Yeah, that's true. They've already watched. They've already watched the concrete dry. So yes. yeah, that's right. And it is great concrete. Very good. There won't be another <laughs> season of Masked Singer for a couple of weeks. So you know they've got to. <laughs> they've got to find something to Absolutely do, don't they? Paradise about to wrap up. Yep. 
So the kids, uh, the kids watch in from in front of the Radley place, and being a freezing night because it's the middle of winter now, Scout is very cold. Someone drapes a blanket over her, which she doesn't really take notice of, and then later when Atticus asks who gave it to her, Jem realizes that it must have been Boo Radley. Oh, boo. You know what? Yes. If, if I if I was in that town and you know giving out nicknames, I'd probably call her call him Yay Radley. Because of how mm. nice, nice they were. Good, good. Yeah. Ce- celebrate all the nice things, you know. Well, despite the nice move, Scout nearly vomits at the thought of Boo being so close to her without knowing. She's absolutely terrified. Hmm. I mean, that makes sense. I don't really want anyone to give me a blanket in the night. That's fine. I'll I'll just be cold. Just be cold rather than a strange blanket in the night. Well, the the incident chills Scout and Gem to the core. Good thing she had that blanket then. Yes. Hmm. That is handy. How ironic. It's a horrible cycle. They yeah. keep getting a blanket. They get scared. They get more chilled to the core. Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's awful. Uh, Jem gets so upset that he confesses everything to his father. He tells him about the knot hole filled with gifts and the mended pants that were waiting for him and the fact that he was the one being shot at. And Atticus is like, okay, just keep quiet about it. Just don't, don't worry. Just keep quiet. Mm. Uh, so Miss Morty's house burns down. And despite that, the next day she's quite cheerful about it because she says... I wanted to downsize anyway, which is slightly suspicious. <laughs> yeah. But no one wants to downsize to the point they don't have a thing anymore. That's, yeah, that's not downsizing. Right. Yeah. That's just getting rid of a thing. I wanted to downsize like, to the doghouse. That's what I... The, the only surviving yeah, part of this building, yeah. That's what I wanted to do. So she's not upset at all about mm. her house burning down. The only thing she seems to be upset about is not seeing Boo Radley drape the blanket over Scout. But that's it. Mm. Uh, closer to Christmas, yeah. uh, Scout nearly gets into a fight with one of her classmates, Cecil Jacobs, after Jacobs teases her father Atticus for defending a black man in court. Oh. And this is important and becomes the crux of the story, particularly in part two. Mm. Atticus has been asked to defend Tom Robinson, who is a black man who's been accused of raping a white woman. Hmm... So, Cecil, you've, you've left you've left a space here for us to put in a fun joke, Dave. But uh, we're not we're not, we're not <laughs> yeah, taking the not. bait. We're going to take the bait. We're going to say this is a serious issue. We're not going to we're but not going to make light of it. But also making fun like this classmate making fun of this thing. It's like, yeah, this is ripe for comedy. <laughs> yeah, what so are you doing tiny that's the thing, child. But, but because mm. of the racism in the town, Cecil, who is a white boy, is is just making fun of of Scout because her father is defending a black man. That's mm. essentially what he's teasing her about. And Scout, who's um, very defensive of her family, nearly gets into another fight with him. That night, Atticus tells her, you've got to, quote, hold your head high and keep those fists down, end quote. And uh, mm. she promises to do no more fighting. But she soon breaks the promise when, at Christmas, back on the family farm, Finch's Landing, that I mentioned at the start of the book... Mm. One of Scout's cousins, a boy named Francis, starts teasing her uh, about her father. Again, defending Tom Robinson. These boys, don't like them. Scout has had enough. She ends up uh, getting into a fight with Francis. Her uncle, Uncle Jack, spanks Scout without hearing her side of the story. Basically comes in, she's beating up her cousin. He's like, what are you doing? Punishes her. But later Mm. that night, she tells Jack 
what Cousin Francis had been saying about Atticus, and it was some pretty awful stuff, I've got to say. Jack gets furious, but Scout swears him to secrecy and begs him not to tell Atticus as she wasn't supposed to get in any more fights. Mm. Uh, that night, Scout overhears her father discussing the trial with Uncle Jack, and this is when we first learned that the Yules are the ones that have accused Tom Robinson. The Yules are the bug the bug people. That's right. They're the the bug family from earlier in the in the in the story. Mm. Also, is that Christmas? That's also Christmassy. Yules. It, oh, it's true. Is this a Christmas story? No. Secretly, <laughs> it is a Christmas. And we all table. and we all have a bug of we all have a bowl of bugs on the on the Christmas table at Christmas lunch as well. So I mean, yes, it all it all ties together, doesn't it? Just that's an could, Australian tradition. Just have Christmas a side beetles. of bugs. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Christmas beetles. That's what they're for. You go chomp chomp, crunchy mm. crunch, <laughs> crunchy crunch. Yum. <laughs> yes. Mm. So Scout is secretly listening to Atticus confessing to Uncle Jack that the case is absolutely stuffed. He says, The evidence boils down to, you did, I didn't. The jury mm. couldn't possibly be expected to take Tom Robinson's word against the Yules. Inferring there that, of course, that they're the jury, who will be all white people, will side mm-hmm. with the white person. Jack right. asks Atticus why he can't just pass the case. If it's impossible, just don't take it on. And Atticus mm. says, quote, and this is a, a longer one, but I'll read it here. Do you think I could face my children otherwise? Mm. You know what's going to happen as well as I do, Jack. And I hope and I pray that I can get Gem and Scout through it without bitterness and most of all without catching Maycomb's usual disease. I just hope that Gem and Scout come to me for their answers instead of listening to the town. I hope they trust me enough. Mm. End quote. And then he says, Jean Louise, go to bed. And the narrator, who had been listening the whole time, that's when she writes, I never figured out how Atticus knew I was listening. It was not until many years later that I realized he wanted me to hear every word he said. So he was oh. doing a bit of st- strategic uh, mm. listening there. I never understood how he knew that I was listening, but many years later I realized it was because I was in the middle of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Just standing in the open, and he could right. see me with his eyes. Yeah, so I was sitting on I just it. had my mouth open. Yeah, I was just standing there scratching my butt. I had a big. I had I one like, of those. How is I had one of those big hearing aid horns sticking in my ear, yeah. just leaning towards I had one him. Of those, one of those hats with the little propeller, and I was spinning it. Yes. I was spinning the hat. Yeah, and I was like, "How did he spot me? How did he spot me?" I I let off a confetti cannon. I let off a whole confetti cannon. I went, <laughs> and then I'm like, how do you see me? I don't understand. Mm. Oh, well, but many years later, yep. I realized. I got it. Dad was pretty wise got, in oh, his own yeah, way. I, I understand. Yeah. He's, got, he's got eyes and he saw me with them. <laughs> uh, Atticus is seen as, as old and a bit embarrassing to his kids. Uh, he's, uh-huh. he's older older than the other dads. He's quite, oh. he's described as feeble. He was nearly oh. 50. Oh, a bit of a daggy oh, dad, God. you know? Yeah. Wearing mm. one of those bucket hats. You know? Yeah. Oh. Repping okay. like a North Face jacket? Yeah, a bit of a North Face jacket. <laughs> yeah. Is that what he's got? Or a Katmandu? Might have a Katmandu. It's true. Might mm. have a Katmandu. Mm. Kathmandu? Kathmandu? Kathmandu. Probably wearing some Crocs because they're just so Probably, comfortable. Yes. You know? They're very comfortable. Dad, Fly high come on. socks. Yeah, he's got the yes. socks up. Socks and Crocs. Yeah, yes. yeah, 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 yeah. Hell yeah. Mm. What we would describe as a cool dude, they think, is a little <laughs> bit embarrassing. Right. Yeah, I mean, t- how times mm. have changed, you know? I know. Well, yeah. It's funny how... It's all shifted. Yeah. It's all in cycles. You just described Post Malone, mm. I think. Yeah, so. that's right. <laughs> yeah, I've just realised 
Yeah. Is that what he looks like? I yeah. get it now. I'm yeah, yeah. picturing him better now. He's yeah. got the face tattoos as well? Yeah, lo- okay. yeah. He's got like, bar- yeah, barbed wire underneath each eye. God, he looks so uncool. <laughs> so uncool. But their, their perception of their dad somewhat changes when a rabid dog comes into town. And during right. a time when... During a time when rabies was a, a death sentence, this was taken very seriously and everyone hides in their houses and they're not sure what to do. <laughs> but I like that the dog has come to town. Like, yeah. they've got word. They're like, here he comes. Well, he was on a sketch. They're all, like, in. in their houses and someone yells, dog, and they just look up the street. <laughs> just, like, for ages, it's like a dog slowly walking towards them. Yeah. Amazing. The mayor's the mayor of the town has got, a like, a, a telegram. Like, there's a dog, there's a rabbit dog coming. Batten down the hatches. I yeah. mean, get do you know what? We joke, but whenever there's a dog in an office, well, when yeah. there was, you'd yeah. always know about it. Yeah, that's true. There would true. be word, it's like, dog, there's a dog, there's a yeah. dog. Oh. You'd all go see it. So actually, I kind of get it now. Yeah. What about when like, you're in school? if there was suddenly a dog. <gasps> yes, dog in the playground. Mm. Dog, dog in, in the playground, playground is the oh. best. Everyone would lose their mind. That's Where did the, it come from? The only thing people would lose their mind more is if there was a fight. And if there was a fight with mm. a dog, oh, my God. And if the dog oh. was rabid and was running rampant in a, in a town. Wow. It caused the fight. Amazing. Yeah, that's crazy. That's right. <laughs> yes. Yes. Mm. So everyone's hiding from this rabid dog. Mm. And everyone is, you know, unsure what to do. Atticus reluctantly steps up and he shoots the dog from a long distance and kills it instantly with like a, one hell of a shot. Wow. And the Daggy, kids. Da- Daggy Dad's got some hidden depths. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Dag- yeah. Daggy Dad's like a sniper. He did, also, he did, I was picturing he does a-, a Pomeranian. So now I'm really like, he's just going like, poof. And it's just like, puff. So now, oh my God. I'm picturing he just did it at brunch. Like he was just sitting at the, <laughs> he was just sitting at the table and he sees the dog out of the corner of his eye and he just sort of like, Puts the gun behind his head and just like fires one shot. He's not even looking. Perfect. Yeah, yeah over the shoulder. <laughs> well, the kids are already impressed. They're like, what the hell, Dad? And then Miss mm. Morty tells them later that uh, as a young man, Atticus was the best shot in the county, known as One Shot Finch. Oh, Which hello. Wow. Ah, <laughs> oh, ladies, form an orderly queue for One Shot Finch. <laughs> I know. Do you get one shot at him? Yeah. Everyone gets a go. Yeah. One shot for each. Bam. Hey, I'm looking forward to my go. <laughs> That's what they call relationships. You get a go. Yeah, you get a go. Yeah. Hey. You hey. get a go. <laughs> Babe, give us a go. Give us, us a, go. a go. Come on. So, oh, I said, shot I go. so I said give us a go and we'll be married for 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, so the kids are pretty impressed. They're like, oh, my God. Yeah. Dad's got... Dad's got this, yeah, this crazy past. Mm. Scout says to her, her brother, Jem, boy, do we've got something to tell the people at school on Monday. Atticus is a great shot. We've finally got something to be proud about. And Jem tells her to keep it to herself. He says, I reckon if he wanted us to know, he'd have told us. If he was proud of it, he'd have told us. So let's not tell anyone. Mm. So there you go. Do you Will think, this do you, come up later? I was going like to say, do you think it'll come up later? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like it, like, like he'll be losing the case later, and then he'll be like, "Okay, but how about this? If I beat opposing counsel at like a like a shooting competition, you know, will will you let my client go?" And they're like, oh, "Well, yes. where where are those? If you'd win, all right, I'll take that bet." You know, or 
Will he win the case? And as he's leaving to celebrate, yeah. that dead dog's son comes in and assassinates him. Yeah, mm. that's Revenge. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Maybe. I don't Maybe. know. Yeah. Mm. Well, the final chapter of mm-hmm. part one yes. features some more friendly neighbourhood racism. Okay, great. One of the town's residents, Mrs. Uh, Dubose, mm. who uh, Atticus tells Jem... Jem to be a gentleman to her because she's old and sick. But uh, Mrs. Dubose does not return the favour of kindness and yells at the kids about their father working with black people, both uh, his cook and now he's defending someone, and also mm-hmm. says some, some absolutely horrible stuff. This time it's Jem's turn to lose his temper and he smashes all of Mrs. Dubose's camellia bushes, smashes all the flowers. Why I never? That's that's a step. That's a step too far, Jem. In my opinion. Yeah, I think so. Mm. Do you know what? I think it's fine. So there we go. Now mm. we're in a opposition, <laughs> and that's that might be funny. I'm not sure. <laughs> I forgot what funny was in that moment. I was like, "What's funny again? Is this funny if we just disagree?" <laughs> oh no. Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. I think it's funny. Oh, yeah, we're having oh, a good time. Yeah. Oh no. Okay, we're good. Yeah. It's good. But also, yeah, smash those flowers. Smashes them with a bat. Atticus mm. hears what happened and he makes Jem apologise to Mrs. Dubose, despite the fact that Dubose was absolutely uh, critical of Atticus himself. And he lets Mrs. Dubose decide his punishment. And Jem is sentenced to read to Mrs. Dubose after school for one month. The oh, ultimate punishment. You just know she'd be reading like Bryce Courtney or something, something <laughs> boring where you got to yeah, it's really long or like a book about war or like or like You're John like, Law's oh. poetry book or something like that. Yeah. You know, just or like a oh, romance novels, like some yeah, romance maybe novels. yeah, 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 like, yeah. Re- like yeah. some really really sexy stuff. Yeah, really mm. sexy or like um. That one, what's the one with the Da Vinci Code? The Da Vinci Code. <laughs> That's the one. What's the book I'm trying to think of that we I tra- said? We, it's, no, called the, it's called The One with the Da Vinci Code. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Oh, good I said it right there. Great. It's called, it's called Hey Everyone, We Found the Da Vinci Code. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Beck, was that you trying to name the sexiest book you could think of? <laughs> yeah, that's me. I'm like, do you know what's really hot? Tom Hanks. Oh, and, yeah. Uh, uh, go- going to a church. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. Cats of Nine Tales. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, that could actually be hot. I was trying to name things that weren't hot. <laughs> that could be hot in certain circles. Not to yucky, um, not hot for me. I like Doritos and concrete, as previously oh, yeah. attested to in the podcast. <laughs> That's some I hot stuff. That's that's Beck, hot you've, stuff. T- you've tied it all together, Beck. It's like an episode of Seinfeld here. You've just... <laughs> Neat little bow. Yeah. I'm dipping Doritos in concrete, having the time of my life. That's sexy to me. Continue, please, Dave. Help. So, Jem's punishment is to read these sexy, sexy stories to Mrs. Dubose. A mm. scout goes along for the long, boring sessions, and they just get longer and more boring, and it's just awful. But soon after the punishment, the month goes past, Mrs. Dubose dies. Oh. <gasps> And when she dies, Atticus reveals to his uh, kids that she was battling an addiction to morphine. Oh. Mm, oh. That's right. And wow. that the, the reading really helped her. It was one of her, her ways to sort of uh, keep her mind off things. Oh. And when she died, she left Jem a little box. He opened it and found a single white camellia, the same flower that he'd destroyed. <sighs> and Jem's like, God, can't she just leave me alone? And Atticus explains... She had her own views about things, 
A lot different from mine, maybe. Son, I told you that if you hadn't lost your head, I'd have made you go read to her. I wanted you to see something about her. I wanted you to see what real courage is, instead of getting the idea that courage is a man with a gun in his hand. Sort of a, a life lesson. And then the final line of part one is, Jem picked up the candy box, that's the box that the flower had been in, and threw it in the fire. He picked up the camellia, and when I went off to bed, I saw him fingering the wide petals. Atticus was reading the paper. And that, girls and boys, is the end of part one. Mm. You've done it. You've done it, Harper Lee. And, and Dave, also, you've done it also as well. Thank you. Thank You're you, Harper Lee. Very intriguing. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So mm. I guess we should just do a little a little recap to sum up what's happened there. Okay. So we've got we've got Scout and Jem. Scout's telling us the story. And remember, it's all going to lead up to why he broke his arm all those oh, that's all these right. years ago. Yes. Yes. That's yeah. right. And then they've got their neighbour Dill, who comes over the summers, and they're obsessed with Boo Radley, the mysterious man from next door. So that's one sort of plot. And the other plot really is their father, Atticus, and now he's defending uh, this man in what he sees is a a trial that he can't possibly win. And also George has told a woman that he's a marine biologist. And (laughs) and it's like... Yeah, it's why why did just be yourself, George, you know? How's he gonna get away with this? She's gonna she's gonna figure it out. Oh so, wow, the seas seas were angry that day, my friend. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> now that's yeah, that's a that's a lot of plot. That's kind of uh I I I wonder if they're gonna time together. I um I uh, mm. look I don't I don't know, it's it's uh and, and I wonder oh, if yeah. I wonder if the, the, the breaking of the arm will be an anti climax at the end, you know? I I mm. uh, I don't know, but uh, I mean I guess there's a reason this is a classic though. So we'll we'll find out, will we not? We will find out on the next instalment. That's right, because Ooh. we are going to make this a two-part episode because it is so commonly requested. I thought that I should try and do the story a bit of justice, and rather than rush through it too much, if we uh, if we could take it over two parts because the book itself is written in uh, in two parts. Uh, Beck, how are you feeling about it so far? No mockingbirds, I notice, which you know. I wasn't. I like <laughs> birds. Um, lot of there's more racism than mockingbirds. I don't love that uh, mm. that much. But you know, the title comes mm. from a line. Uh, Atticus says, uh, uh, "Shoot all the blue jays you want if you can hit them, but remember, it's a sin to kill a mockingbird." So that was a line mm. from the first first half. Why are we shooting blue jays? Why are we just gunning down blue jays? <laughs> <laughs> Also, why why don't we just leave them alone? I yes. like birds. Sorry about that. Mm. No, that's okay. Uh, that's okay. That's <laughs> you're forgiven, Wanaki. It's, it's like that. Like that. It's like that TLC song. You know, don't mm. go shooting mocking birds. Please stick <laughs> to the blue jays. Something, something. The rest of the song. You know, you get. You guys get yeah. it. Yeah. I ne- mm. I, I get it. I didn't put that together before, but it's amazing how influential this work has been. I know they they wrote this whole book after the song, so that's wild. You know? <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, at the end of of part one, I I guess you've only heard half the story so far, but I mm. usually get the guests to score it out of five. So I, I guess that maybe I'll get you to score it out of five now, and at the end of part two, yep. See if if it lives up to the expectation, or maybe improves on what you've heard. So Beck, what do you think you would give that out of five? 
so far, I think I'm giving it like a, a solid three and a half. Like, it seems like an intriguing start. 3.5. I would continue reading it um, and see what happened to these people. I wish there were less nicknames, but, you know, that's <laughs> that's why it's, that's the point five. Mm, Just yeah. call each other by each other's names. you got okay. good names. Use yeah. them. Yeah. Otherwise, uh, yeah. And I, rec- I feel like I also should give it that because now it's probably going to do something and become like a really influential, amazing book and I don't want to then go back <laughs> to this part and then go, oh, I gave it a one. <laughs> this seems like a silly story. This is like an Eden Blight- Blighton book. I don't understand. Anyway. I mean, it's always great when I have people on here and they give Shakespeare a one. <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs> no, nah, not for me. Yeah. Not nah, it's not. It's not great. It doesn't seem good. I'm. I'm gonna give it. A, I'm gonna give it a three and a half as well. Uh, but more. You know what? More for the, for for what I've learned about the book. I think because to, to all all I know about, uh, To Kill a Mockingbird is just some stills from the movie, which which is which uh, to my knowledge had just been a some sort of courtroom drama. That's all I knew about mm. it. It was um. Someone. I'm going to say Jimmy Stewart in the role. I don't know. I think it's, it's uh, Greg- Gregory Peck. Gregory right? Peck. It's Gregory Peck. He's wearing a nice suit and he's he's uh, he's he's just he's doing some courtroom magic. But I didn't know anything about the the remainder of the book, so it's good to to finally. Oh, that's cool. Well, that's that's him as Atticus, and we're mm. going to go to trial in uh, yeah. part two. Can I just say? Well, it's good. Well, it's good to know because in the past, if anybody had said to me, "What do you think about the novel To Kill a Mockingbird?" I would have said. Man, it's just courtroom action from start to finish, and I would have ri- I would have absolutely embarrassed myself. So, so it's good to know. So, what 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 is good is here is that I'll I'll have this knowledge for probably two to three weeks at the forefront right. of my mind. And so if I and so if 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 during this lockdown anyone else asks me about To Kill a Mockingbird, I'll have that knowledge to wow them, and then then a few weeks after that it'll all be gone. And, uh, and, Mate, and so in like two weeks, I'll I'll just casually bring it up. I'll thank like, you. Hey, what about Killer Monkey? But just so we can use it. Yeah, nice. Um, all right. Nice. I'll, I'll give you a buzz. And yeah, thank like, you. Uh, we'll post pretend we weren't part of this podcast. Okay. A genuine moment like that one that we had in the middle. Nice. D- Beck, <laughs> what what podcast? Wink. Wink. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Uh, uh, yeah, uh, can you yeah. hear these winks? They're very big winks. Yeah, uh, that, that's very nice, guys. But if you can still uh, share this on your social medias, that would be very much appreciated. Uh, so. what, what social, social media? No, <laughs> wink. <laughs> Who am I? Where am I? <laughs> By concrete. <laughs> what have I become? Uh, <laughs> well, that does bring us to the end of the episode. We'll be back hopefully with part two. Well, yeah, hopefully, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't want to make any promises just in case. You know, you never know. You never know. Mm. What, do you think the government's going to ban Zoom meetings? You think that's yeah, what's going to happen? Yeah, I think they might. <laughs> <laughs> they might. Well, you oh, imagine if they did. It'd be a lot less awkward, weird. You're on mute. You're on mute. Just, yeah. Oh, what if they could ban? No, actually, I like those moments. I think that's nice. Mm. I Part of the experience. Yeah. Uh, but before we go, uh, Meso, your fantastic yes. podcast, The Weekly Planet. Oh yeah, uh, it's about uh, movies and comic books and and TV shows, and maybe maybe soon we'll have a special episode on all the things I know about the book To Kill a Mockingbird. Oh, <laughs> maybe I'll wow. just do a special on it, you know? I mean, you know, I've, I've got half I've got half the episode in the bag already. Just you know, I've just put my thoughts together on my notes and stuff <laughs> like that. So well, maybe we'll we'll do a we'll do a special episode. So yeah, it's gonna be great. I mean, 
you know, permitting, content permitting, obviously. Content but, permitting. Uh, yeah, that's out every yeah. week. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's uh, pretty pretty good. I have a good good fun time with it. So yeah. it is a lot of fun. You guys have a great time. And Beck, your podcast is is it still on hiatus? Are you are you coming back with the Kentucky Fried Chatting? Yeah. Do you know what? We've got a lot of it recorded. We've got a new podcast called Food Fight, mm-hmm. which is a follow up to Kentucky Fried Chatting, where we verse foods off against each other. And we recorded a bunch before we went into, like, anything. This was before any restrictions. Mm. So there is video footage of me, Xavier, and Pete sitting in a podcast studio. And I just wonder, if I put that out ever, people will just be like, oh, what are you eating together? Yeah, I don't know. We might maybe might, we might we hold it for a little what bit. You get, what you're going to need to do is you're going to look, based on every experience I've ever had on YouTube, is that you're mm. going to need to like have a like a flashing warning sign yeah, and an air horn that's thing. that's constantly saying like we th- we recorded this before lockdown and but then even then most of the comments below it are going to be like did you guys record this in lockdown <laughs> this is this, this is, is very unsafe unsafe the thing such a weird thing I'm like it, it's sitting there but I'm yeah I don't know about that but you can watch a lot of gaming game at the moment we've got like. Almost a hundred episodes of Gaming Game just sitting there, ready for you to slip up. They're all there for you to suck on, suck on a few suck episodes of Gaming Game. But we just the last one we did was The Last of Us Part Two, and it was we were in a room together, and we had Mark Bonanno on, uh, and he was off in like a a zone over in the corner. Still, it's a lot of fun. Um, have a watch of that if you want to watch um, some people in a room and remember what that was like. Because oh. I'll be watching it after this. <laughs> remember people in a room? <laughs> uh, but it's Gamey Game is really great. It's on YouTube. You can find it. At, I think GameyGameyShow.com has them all. If you go look there. Yeah, nice. Fantastic. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll make it easy and I'll link to all the stuff that we've just mentioned ah, there in you. the description of this episode. So, Beck. Nick Mason, thank you so much for joining me on uh, To Kill a Mockingbird Part 1. But until next time, I'll say thank you and... Books Books forever! Forever! Yay! Hey, book cheaters. Just Dave here dropping in at the end of the episode to thank you very much for listening to it in the first place. Sorry, I'm laughing here because as soon as I hit record, my dog, Humphrey... Shut up. He was sleeping soundly and now he's coming over to pester me. Pup, here you go. Take that. Humphrey, you're a fantastic co-host. The best guest I've ever had. He's having a great time in the background. Yeah, I'm here dropping in to say uh, thanks for listening to this episode in the first place. Thanks to uh, Nick and Beck for being on the show. What an absolute pleasure it was to have both of them back. And hopefully they'll be joining me next week for uh, part two of To Kill a Mockingbird which I forgot to say has been suggested by a lot of people. Now, the way this works is I usually do books that have been suggested by listeners, and there's a little link in the description of this episode that you can click, and uh, it will take you to a place where you can submit your name and the name of the book you want me to do. And then usually I thank people at the top of the episode, but that completely slipped my mind. And To Kill a Mockingbird is a very popular one. It's going to take a while here. I've got over 30 names of people to get through. Uh, so if you've been standing by for that, maybe your name's about to be read out. These are the people that suggested that I do To Kill a Mockingbird. We've got Tate Evans, McKenna Middlebrook, Alex Ryland-Jones, Jared Cordner, Amos Fry, Christian Fu, Joey Stenquist, Reese Brown, Reese Brown, in fact, Kate Bell, Gabe Thomas, David Taylor, David 
I'm not sure where you're from. Just a David. Regina Siskiewicz. Had a real crack, Regina. Jordan Reese. Stephanie from Montefideo. Man, that's cool. Alice Middleton. Ryan MacIsaac. MacIsaac. Caleb from Northern Ireland. Maribel from England. Tegan Longman. Quentin Chalair. I think I copied and pasted that. So that is your name. Not Charlie. Chalair. Eva Schneider. Scott Blind. Danny McMeans. Sorry, Danny, not laughing at you. Again, the dog is now trying to wrestle the microphone. Caitlin from Ohio. Grace from New York. Talia Morgan. Catherine Schuler. Rebecca Spellman. Jason from California. And last but not least, Stephanie Arnott. Thank you so much for all of you suggesting that I tackle to kill a mockingbird. All right, the dog's on me now. I think I might have to pause this. Okay, I'm back. Who knows how long a prequel give me you. Uh, thanks to everyone that suggested I do uh, To Kill a Mockingbird. Uh, this show, I've also got to say, is supported by people on Patreon. You go to patreon.com slash dogoonpod, and you can support this show as well as Dogoon, which this is a spin-off of, where we talk about uh, things from history. This week, I uh, did a report to my co-host Matt and Jess for our 250th episode. So if you haven't heard that show, 250 of them for you to check out. Uh, it was all about the Mad Trapper of Rat River. A fantastic uh, outlaw slash survival story from Canada. What a wild ride. I see you be supporting Do Go On as well as Primates, Listen Now, Phrasing the Bar, which is our Patreon-only podcast, and of course, Book Cheat. And uh, as a way to thank people for supporting the show on Patreon, Humphrey's back, I like to uh, I read out people's names and I also get them to submit their favorite book to me and I read out those as well so I've got six people to thank now and six different books so thanks a million to Chris Curtis who was written in to say my favorite books are the Discworld series by Sir Terry Pratchett this is in uh, Chris's words here no one has ever been able to grasp the core of what it means to be human just like him in my opinion and his personal philosophy about life death and religion is very inspiring this is a quote I'd rather be a rising ape than a falling angel. It's probably one of his best quotes, Chris says. Also, Good Omens, co-authored with Neil Gaiman, is probably one of the best books I've ever read. Thanks, Chris. i got to tell you, Terry Pratchett frequently comes up in this section at the end of the show. People love him. It's got to be good. So thanks so much. Now, next up, we've got uh, Anshika. Anshika's written in to say, My favourite book series is The Realm of the Elderlings for its amazing characters and arcs. And also, Jane Eyre. I love the way it's written, as well as the interesting take it has on women's life for the time it was written. This is written, love you guys. Thanks so much, Anshika. Appreciate that. I would also love to thank the support of Connor Simma. Connor Simma, who's written, well, well, I can't really say that I have a favourite book. I grew up loving the Red Wall books by Brian Jacques, and lately, I've been slowly going through the Icelandic family sagas. Thanks, Connor. There's a book series that I also liked when I was young. I haven't thought about Brian Jacques in ages. Nice one. Thanks so much. Uh, Jenna Schaefer has said, My favourite book is Six of Crows by Lee Bardugo. But in brackets here is close second is the sequel, Crooked Kingdom. Jenna goes on, Lee created an incredibly realistic fantasy world, but these have the added bonus of being awesome heist books. Oh man, I love a heist. Nice, that sounds really cool, right up my alley. Thanks so much, Jenna. 
Uh, Thomas Doppelwriter's written in, who is our Patreon supporter from Austria, who uh, is a bit of a quiz master. And every week on our Patreon only group, which you can also get access to if you support the show uh, on Patreon, he posts a quiz, which is usually nine questions. And then the tenth question is, what is the connection between the previous nine questions on one of our bonus episodes for Patreon only? We did one of his quizzes recently. Thomas, love your stuff. And this is what the Quizmasters books are. Thomas writes, I'm kind of a collector. I own around 800 books, and many of them are kind of favorites. One of the not-so-obvious ones is The Colorado Kid by Stephen King, which is not so much a horror story than a mystery. Two old reporters tell a story to a young one about a strange case they looked in 1980. It just gets weirder and weirder. Thomas writes, My favorite book series is the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett. I'm just rereading the entire series, 41 books, this time in English, as a yearly reading challenge. Yearly? Thomas, that's amazing. I told you. Pratchett keeps coming up, and there he is again. Nice one. Thanks so much. And finally, Lewis Angel. I'd rather be a Lewis Angel than an ape on the way up. Am I right? Does that mean anything? Lewis, thank you so much for your support. Favorite book is probably Yuval Noah Harari. I know that writer, but doesn't say which one. Maybe Sapiens. I think that's a very big seller of his. Uh, Lewis writes, I wanted to pick a fiction, but this book is just such a perfectly written overview of such intense topics that somehow manages to still be a page turner. Is it Sapiens? We'll never know unless you let me know, Aunt Lewis, and then we will know, you and I, but I'll never share it. No, I can. And uh, honorable mention from Lewis, he says, To Pilgrim by Terry Hayes. There you go. So if you're looking for a book to check out, you can always do To Kill a Mockingbird or one of the books that I just read out from our fantastic supporters. And if you want to join their ranks. And uh, it truly is appreciated so much if you can afford to do so at the moment. You go to uh, patreon.com slash pod. Yeah. But I guess that does bring us to the end of the episode. Thank you so much for listening, one and all. I'll be back next week with another episode. Usually it's a mystery what I'm going to do, but you know, I'm going to do part two of To Kill a Mockingbird. So until then, thank you so much. And as always, books forever! This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.